Welcome to Never Rewrite. I'm Isaac Askew. And I'm Jeffrey Sherman. And today we're joined by special guest Adel Farid to talk about his adventures in computerizing the Indian Railway's ticketing system back in the 1980s. So just to set some context, Adel and I go back 10, 15 years ago now at UBS, and he would tell me these amazing stories that helped me as a developer learn so much about user empathy uh, it, with his trials and misadventures, computerizing <laughs> what had been a uh, totally paper system until his team. Uh, so Otto, could you uh, introduce yourself and I guess set the stage? Yes, so, so my name is uh, Adil Farid, and I was born and brought up and graduated in uh, one of the uh, well-known universities in India. After I graduated, I started working uh, in uh, one of the only uh, uh, computer companies or the IT companies uh, back in India, and there were only uh, government projects that time it, uh, going on. I moved to the United States in early 91, and ever since I've been uh, working in IT and various other industries. So I'm blessed with uh, two children. Both are uh, graduated from, and they're off to, off, off to their own lives now. And uh, Jeff and I have worked uh, with uh, uh, at UBS uh, on uh, various projects. So yes, it it has been a uh, very uh, wonderful relationship, working working relationship, uh, uh, going back uh, last fifteen years or so. Uh, great. So set the stage for us. You got out of college and you went to work for one of the few IT companies. How did you end up working on the railway system? Or it let me very... I guess give you the. Hmm? Mm-hmm. It is a very, very interesting story. Yes. Uh, go ahead. If you have a question. Uh, well, just uh, the way I remember the story, and it could just be uh, my rose-colored glasses of, of the memory of you telling it, was that the the system used to book tickets out like three months in advance, like 90 days. Mm-hmm. And people who wanted to go far basically needed to stand in line for two or three days uh, so that they could get the tickets as soon as they uh, became available, and then if they didn't get the ticket the day, then they just have to wait for the next day. And so during the high travel periods, people would wait in line for like a week, hoping to get a ticket for wow. 90 days later. That is true, yes. Uh, before we get, get to that point, but let me yeah. explain you how I transitioned into this IT area. When I graduated, the computer science as a discipline, as a faculty, it was non-existent. None of the Indian universities was uh, were offering computer science as a discipline. So majority of the people who are working in any kind of programming area, they came from some kind of engineering background and primarily from the electrical engineering background. So when I graduated, I actually graduated uh, in the civil engineering discipline. So I was hired by this company, CMC, and India was leaning more towards uh, Russia at that time. It was more a socialist country than the an open economy kind of thing. So it was going through a transition at that time. So there were a lot of restrictions. So uh, uh, what happened was a uh, lot of American companies like the Pepsi, Coca-Cola, IBM, they were forced out of India in, in 70s hmm. because of the socialist or the communist leaning government 
and then all those employees who were left behind, they became, in the, in the IT area, they became part of this company called Computer Maintenance Corporation of India, CMC. So they were like former IBM employees, and the CMC took over those I, uh, IT operations. So when I graduated, so they were doing different kinds of uh, programming projects. And one of the projects was designing the, the structures in the civil engineering area and doing the analysis of that. So they hired me as a domain expert with some kind of programming background. So I started to, we, we had at least a one or two courses offered as part of our engineering uh, program. So I was were hired they as a civil engineer. <laughs> was, was it COBOL and Fortran? It was uh, COBOL and Fortran and some <laughs> assembly, yes, but primarily <laughs> Fortran. Yes, mm -hmm. I should mention that, and that, that and it, it will uh, transition into how Fortran was utilized in the reservation system as well. Mm. So uh, on college uh, campus interview, I was hired for a position as a civil engineer, and then I joined the company. My first day of work, I don't know if you're familiar with the CPM per chart. This is like an activity chart primarily for the planning purpose. Like in civil engineering, you do planning, right? What you do first, the foundations, then the erecting the column, then the beams, and you know, the, the whole planning kind of thing. So it okay. comes out as a network diagram. It comes out a network diagram. It has the nodes and it has the edges. And so it looks like a network diagram. So I had been working on uh, the, the CPM PERT programming project in my college. The first day of work, I, I thought like, okay, this is the IBM terminal 3070. I started working off on IBM 3070. And then uh, I was trying to write the, the feed the computer, pro uh, the Fortran program into the system. So one of the managers and he was walking by, he saw a new face and he goes like, hey, what's your name? So I introduced myself. He said, oh, what are you doing? I said, uh, I'm just uh, feeding this uh, network analysis program into the system. Now, network analysis means a different thing to different people, mm -hmm. right? A person who is coming from the uh, engineering background, the project planning and all, the network is a different network, the network of activities. In his mind, it was a computer network, though he thought, I'm a computer network expert. <laughs> I've never heard about computer network. I'd never seen anything beyond a personal computer. And they, he, this guy thinks that we have an Indonet. That time we have a nationwide, uh, uh, the IBM mainframe network that was set up by the uh, uh, IBM originally. And he thought that, hey, this guy can be very useful in terms of this network analysis. <laughs> and, now he's talking on a different plane. I'm talking, he said, uh, can it uh, analyze my network? I said, sure, why not? <laughs> he's talking something different. I'm responding something different. We think we are understanding each other. So he said, okay, let me, let me go talk to the divisional manager. So he went and he spoke to the divisional manager. He said that I want this guy. He seems to be network expert and I want him to be on my, I have never seen a network before in my life. No modem, no router, no switches, no idea what the network is. And all of a sudden, I'm labeled as a network expert. So he comes out and he said that, okay, DM is happy with me taking you uh, in my team. And so he goes to his office and then he realized something else. He said, you know what? There were a couple of folks on the, uh, the railways reservation system working and the system is in early phase, and these two guys 
are not happy because system was actually in, you know, we were located in Mumbai or Bombay that time. And these guys were from a remote area, from a different city. So they were not really happy living in Bombay. They wanted to go back. But they could not. The condition was they have to finish the project. They have to uh, train somebody to take over their position. Then only they can they can leave. So one of the guy was, uh, and by the way, these were like super, the duper, brilliant, talented engineers. <laughs> very, very, and they all did the self study because there was mm-hmm. no there was no formal right. training offered. So they have to do the self learning and self uh, self study. And they were really expert in their field in terms of programming, in terms of database organization, in terms of uh, the uh, network setup, in ter- terms of the internals of the computers, memory management, and all kinds of these cool ideas, the recovery, the journaling, you name it. So he thought about that. He said, oh, this guy can really help me relieve those two individuals if I put him on the railways reservation system. So he came, came back to me and said, you know what, I changed my mind. Now I have a better <laughs> idea for you. We are going to the railway station. So that was my first trip to the Mumbai station. And that worked out very well because our office was a little bit in the interior of Mumbai. In terms of my commute, I had to take uh-huh. the train from my place, come to Mumbai, and this office or the computer reservation center was right right there so it really helped me in my commute too i said okay this is really great so he took me to the office and then he introduced me to this gentleman anand he said anand i have a good news news for you anand looked at me he said what is that he said that you train this guy and you go to madras you train him and you go to madras and anand said oh really he uh, said, uh, he, he and the manager said, yeah, I mean, if you train him and the day he said that he's comfortable, you are booking your ticket back to your place where you, you can go and you, you. So Anand had the incentive to put all his effort and dump whatever he knew and train me as quickly as possible. So he was very. Well, wait, wait for a moment. <laughs> At what point did you realize there was a miscommunication? And then, like, did you just keep quiet and just, like, hope that they would not understand that there was a confusion for, like, the network thing you guys were talking about? I, did not, just... I, I was not aware of the network, so I would not know that there is a confusion. I thought, like, okay, this is a network, and mm-hmm. I had no... So after working with the reservation <laughs> system, when I realized what the real network looks like, and then I realized that, oh, mm. Mr. Srinivasan was talking about the computer network. This is the data <laughs> communication setup. And then, man, and I was talking about something else. Yes, so it was like much later. In, so in a, yeah, at that like, point, you had already actually gotten the experience that you I, needed. <laughs> I already got into it, and I did not <laughs> okay. work on that Indonet. Right? You know, I worked on Indonet for much, much later, maybe two years later. And by the time I had learned a lot about the network and the, the modems and switches and muxes and all, all those kind of equipment. So, yes. You must have just been confused for a bit. Like, how in the world did he see this in me? Like, this is not related to anything that <laughs> about the original <laughs> conversation that we had had. But that was really a uh, a game changer for me, a life changer for me, because I, if I was I, if I were to continue for the position I was hired, I would have been still in, working in the domain of the building construction and the mm-hmm. skyscrapers and uh, you know the finite element uh, analysis and that kind of thing, and I would have been more focused on that. But that was a transitional a transition point for me. 
That was mm. a true transition uh, for me into the information technology, IT technology, right? So yeah. this is how the your destiny is is determined by some of the some stupid words you throw mm-hmm. out there, like network analysis, right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it, it's like the plot of what was it that show I, the IT crowd, uh, where the <laughs> the misunderstanding makes them yeah like so. I feel like it's such a good story of. Mm-hmm. So many people have accidentally fell in, especially in the early days. You know, when you started, the internet was only like ten years old. Email was only like ten years old. So uh, yeah, that was uh, my story of transition. And then I uh, started working with uh, other folks, and they, they they were all young young folks, uh, but they were really expert in their field because mm-hmm. they were. Uh, pressed by the time, by the lack of resources. As I mentioned that India was very much socialist-leaning country. And there was, and of course, you know, because of the uh, a, a socialist uh, government, there were a lot of restrictions on imports. Mm-hmm. So before I uh, came to United States, I did not see a, a can of Coke that was simply non-existent. I mean, now mm-hmm. these Things are very different. So likewise, uh, importing any kind of electronics, the high-end electronics that was needed for uh, computing or computational purpose, it was not easy to get hold of. So we were very, very uh, much pressed by uh, because of the internal restriction and because of the external restrictions too, because uh, uh, of the geopolitical uh, reasons the U.S. had the restrictions in terms of what kind of hardware India can get uh, get hold of, because there right. was a fear of the nuclear research and uh, all all that that kind of thing, right? So we, it was not easy for us to even get a memory card or a high-end hmm. CPU. Right. It's it's so different than today, where you might accidentally grab a million machines and leave them on on AWS for a weekend and, and blow out your budget. Back then, you couldn't even get a memory card. Because somebody was, well, not somebody, the U.S. was concerned it might get diverted to the nuclear program. Right. Mm-hmm. And Indian government had its own restriction, too, because of they want to force or uh, pressurize the Indian manufacturers to produce mm-hmm. the equipment. They wanted to have, like, okay, it all, like, must be locally produced. It's all India-centric uh, thing. It was not very very easy because you need a lot of expertise, especially in the uh, manufacturing, precision tooling, and those kind of things. That was still emerging. It was. It, it's not that easy to develop, and especially in a developing country. So uh, when we first uh, looked at uh, the system, these were uh, you know, very much experts. I got trained by these folks. Some of them are really, really expert in the networking area. And that networking, when I talked about from the hardware all the way up, from the bare-bone hardware, from connecting mm-hmm. the actual wires into the mod- MUCs, into the modems, and some of the tra- it will be on the radio, uh, radio waves communication. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And then all the way up into the uh, data link layer, physical. Uh, we I used to you know push the physical Ethernet cards and we used to punch the used to get the ethernet cable so if in order to attach a new machine you have to have a special punch and then who would do that when we did not have any other uh, engineers or hardware experts 
we have to do it on ourselves and then of course you plan it you basically you don't have like luxury of having if something goes bad then you have infinite amount of hardware supplies so you had to be really 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 careful yeah. on that so punch the ethernet cable do the attach the connectors and then you connect your ethernet card and then from the data link layer to the network layer all the way all the way up into the software so no. i was i would consider myself really lucky that i was trained by those kind of highly motivated individuals and that time india was also experiencing the brain drain so a lot of uh, australian companies middle eastern companies and us and european companies and banks uh, they were hiring uh, indian engineers so there was a lot of demand so the uh, the um, attrition rate was very high in our company attrition mm. rate was very high within 8 months i became the senior most member of my oh, team wow. i mean from college to student to the senior most member of the team leading the team basically within 8 months so i think it was it, it, it was a lot of pressure so the real like startup today Sorry, the the joke about it, many many startups are written are run by kids right out of college who don't realize just how green they are and how new, and so then there's the joke is like oh well that you know the senior engineers have a year of experience and they're leading the people who just got out of college who have no experience so it's like they've got infinitely more they must be senior. <laughs> so back. Uh, when we looked at this railways reservation system india is a country which is which has a very large population very vast country and uh, people have need to travel because it is not the wealth is wealth and the economy is evenly distributed across so there are few economic centers like bombay or madras or calcutta new delhi so these are the big cities but a majority of the people working in there especially the labor class and the 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 other people they are the temporary migrants into the regions but their families are still living back in the in the villages and in the inland areas so these people would come to mumbai for example but they have a need to travel uh, once in a year once in six months based on their family needs and all the flying uh or the airplane was a very expensive option most of the people would not and could not afford it the road system is really really poor now it is improving still it's not there but it is much better than what we used to have the highways were pretty much non existent non existent mm-hmm. highway and the distances are really long so it is not that easy to commute or, or to travel uh using the roadways or the airways So the only viable option was the train option, which Britishers mm-hmm. had uh, established a very good network of the uh, train system. So that was working well. It is cheap, efficient, and safe. And obviously, uh, because of the uh, poverty, because of the uh, other reasons, still India was emerging. It did not have. Uh, uh, A, a lot of trains per se, or a lot of hardware resources to uh, implement. Uh, so there was, of course, a lot of competition. Resources were less, and demand was much high. And uh, if you don't have a, uh, a proper check and balance system, 
a weaker judiciary system, a weaker uh, what you call police system, then it also gives rise to a lot of corruption. So that becomes a foundation for corruption. If you need the ticket, if you have a, uh, a need, an urgency, and then you walk, it's all manual. So you mm -hmm. walk up to the uh, a, a booking window, the guy who is sitting behind the window, he does not have much of an accountability. He does not have mm -hmm. much, you cannot complain. And if, even if you complain, your complaints will not be listened to. Nobody would pay any attention to. In fact, uh, only if you can bribe. So this, and so there is a chain of <laughs> all of this, you know, the, the corrupt elements across the board. So an individual who walks up to the window and says that, okay, I want to book a ticket from Mumbai to uh, Amritsar, then even if the ticket is available, the guy can simply say that, uh, sorry, it's waitlist, not available. And then you put your hand in your pocket and then you grab uh, 200 <laughs> rupees and then you give it to him, all of a sudden waitlist becomes confirmed. Mm, so wow. that was the state. And of course, this is all manual. Depending upon how long the line is, the guy would demand either 50 rupees or 100 rupees or 200 rupees. And then depending upon, uh, because it's not like everybody's rich and wealthy, it's not like everybody can dip their hands in their pocket and demand 200. So people would try to negotiate, oh, I don't have 200. So it would take a long time. So you can imagine mm. that to issue one ticket, it is now because of this corruption, negotiation. And then it, it may not be, in, in some cases, suppose the train is maybe really full. So, okay, can you find the alternative? Can you find this date? Can you find that date? Now you have to flip the pages. So you used to flip the pages to find the train numbers. So all that would take like nearly 10 to 15 minutes on an average for one passenger. Just imagine. Jeez. And because of the, uh, the, the uh, demand, there will be long lines. People would have to just stand there for like hours and hours just to get to the window and only to hear that, oh, sorry, the ticket is not available or you'll shell out a large chunk of money. So this was the uh, state of the system. And uh, of course, you know, you cannot complain. And even if you try to complain, the complaints will just fall on the uh, deaf ear. So it will not be paid attention to. Right. So when the system was introduced, so multiple uh, challenges we faced. So one of the challenge is to uh, get the buy-in of the reservation clerks. And now the computer was not that commonly available. People had not seen the system, how they function. A lot of people were under the impression because, you know, imagine the, this, this India was a country. Yes, education system in some areas was really, 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 really good. But a majority of the population was still, you know, illiterate. They were not, you know, educated. The people mm. had this kind of concept that, oh, computer is going to do everything. That means I would not have any job. <laughs> That's so, right. Computer will take over my job. And, and in as such, the unemployment rate is very, very, very high, very high. If computer comes in and takes over my job, what am I going to do? So there was a lot of resistance from mm -hmm. that person, from internal, and uh, it was all unionized. So it's all union. So you have to convince the union leaders, and then obviously union leaders, some of them were really sharp. They were 
thinking. They were asking questions. What this computer specifically? They were asking. So what can we do to to this thing? Will computer tell us when the computer will what, what time the ticket was booked and not booked? When we were attending those meetings, I was very very young that time. You know, I did not have mm-hmm. any exposure to the real world business or the, these right. kind of meetings. Then I used to you know we would answer those questions. And uh, oh. later on, <laughs> so that, later I, on, I'm just imagining the union people wanted to know, like, oh, can you time how fast the clerks are going? Because they're worried that there's going to be like, a, oh, your ticketing agents aren't working fast enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you probably said, yes, it could totally time everything. <laughs> yes. And that, that, that is <laughs> the, the, the worry was because in the in the previous setup that they had a requirement a ticket agent could issue only 50 tickets or 30 40 tickets in a shift or so that right. so this is how they were it is yeah. not all coming from <laughs> the line hey oh. and if somebody is the one who implemented or pushed for this one and of right. course all <laughs> purchasing oh, wow. a ticket there wasn't in, there, there weren't even libraries for printing that no, there were oh, no wow. libraries, and some yeah. maybe we have mm. to take them mm. in the. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All that project, ramp, so like extreme mm-hmm. it goes to see the incoming mm-hmm. train, which mm-hmm. is yeah. and hard. Right. This hard kid, these mm-hmm. you just mm-hmm. off and it takes care of your CPU is off. More than sixteen megs of RAM. <laughs> I'm certain of it. <laughs> Especially uh, people who are mm-hmm. coming, mm-hmm. you have during mm-hmm. that time if they the that working on a Jeez, man! Wow, man. Because I was, am the, loving the this. Ticket, train will uh, get well, to full. Uh, so sixty days out, <laughs> the train will be full in ten minutes. So if you want a ticket, you have to get there three days early. That's so the mm. one guy booking and mm. twenty seconds is flushed Timed the transaction out. ticket. Oh man, and getting He's there because sleep of yeah. kind of mm. thing. Then, then you can nice. confirm. Oh well, I, was say, I I love everything about this, and I hate to stop, but I have a hard stop. Could we? Mm? We've never done a part two, but could we do a part two with you and, and bring you back? Because <laughs> The stories are just so good, and I, I, I think our user, listeners will get such a so much value out of it. And we're we're right up into the meat of it, where you're talking, like you're iterating through the impact of all the various changes, and like on the users, and that's that hits me here. It's like, oh, we didn't make the the printers do a debug thing when they start up, and now this person had to sleep on the floor for an extra day. Like that, those are the mm-hmm. kinds of stories that just move me. Could we end here right now and then bring you back again if you have time? Absolutely. I am looking forward to it. Yeah, this is uh, great. Excellent. Yes. Yes. Thank you all for listening. I'm Jeffrey Sherman. And I'm Isaac Askew. And this is Never Rewrite.